Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and today's show, I've decided I'm going to uh, answer some of the questions that I've gotten, emails that I've gotten. I got some pretty interesting, uh, uh, re- uh, interesting questions that I haven't run into before, and that's one of the things I love about this industry is that, you know, I've been doing this uh, for forty some years now, and uh, not the radio show, but been in a stone and tile business for forty some years, and it just amazes me sometimes some of the things that come up, and you know that's the beauty of working with with some of these natural materials. So we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, before we do, I've decided I'm going to introduce a new segment. Uh, on on the stone and tile show and that is the stone and tile news and basically what I've done is I've I've searched the internet for some interesting news stories and I came up with uh, with two or three so uh, let's get started with the news so here we go All right, this first news story uh, is kind of interesting. And, you know, we're always debating, or at least I am, debating on, you know, how old is really tile? You know, when was tile first used? So I'm going to read you this. This is kind of interesting. Evacuations have started, have uncovered an intricate Roman mosaic floor a few meters underneath a vineyard in northern Italy. Traces of ancient Roma villa were first discovered near the town of Negara de Vallapicello near a century ago in 1922. Now, attempts to uncover the villa continued over the decades with a new round of excavations beginning in the summer of 2019. Of course, the archaeologists had to put a temporary hold to it due to the COVID-19 pandemic. When they returned, they discovered a mosaic under a row of vines one week after the evacuations resumed uh, back in May of 2020. Now, how old do you think this mosaic was? 1,800 years ago. That's right, eight. 1,800 years ago. There's some really cool pictures, and it's amazing, uh, this mosaic. Obviously, we can't show them here on, on this show, but if you go to Y-Tile, W-H-Y-Tile.com, there's a bunch of uh, uh, photographs on there as well. Uh, this next news story is kind of interesting, and it, it's interesting for me simply because uh, one of my hobbies is keeping uh, marine fish, uh, saltwater aquariums. Uh, some of you know that. Some of you that have seen my YouTube videos see the uh, aquarium in the background with my marine fish, and uh, I've, I've been keeping aquariums pretty much uh, all my life. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about this news story, it has to do with that, uh, but it also has to deal with, with ceramic, uh, a ceramic tile. And, uh let me just kind of uh, read you uh, what it says here, and it's it's, it's kind of lengthy, but um, this was in Hong Kong in an area called Ho Ha Wan Marine Park. is a home that has over 60 species of coral reefs and 
120 20 species of fish. And, of course, they have issues with a typhoon coming in. And what, what happens with coral reefs, and, and when wind turns up like this, it produces a lot of sand in the water, and that kind of kills the coral. So the team realizes they needed to create a structurally complex design to dislodge bits of coral so it would be able to attach to the surface. And a couple of interesting things here. They use 3D printing. Uh, to make reef tiles, ceramic tiles, reef tiles were 3D printing. They were designed and the bits of coral were placed on there. So they created about 128 of these hexagonal tiles measuring about 600 millimeters across through a robotic 3D clay printing and then fired them at 1125 degrees Celsius. So it's kind of interesting. And uh, there's some photographs also on the ytile.com. So that's uh, today's interesting news. Uh, if you guys have any news stories you want to share, uh, go ahead and send me an email at fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. All right, folks. Now I'm going to get to some of the um, some of the questions that I've gotten via email or telephone calls, and some of these are quite interesting. Uh, if you have a question and if you're listening live, the telephone number is 323 323- Eight seven zero three nine six eight. That's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. And uh, feel free also to send me an email with your question. That would be at f houston f h u e s t o n at gmail dot com, and I'll reply with a with a short answer, uh, as well as uh, possibly mentioning it on the air here as well. Of course, you will remain anonymous uh, if you want. If you don't want to remain anonymous, that's fine. That's fine as well. So let, let's get to some of these some of these interesting questions. And and some of them, uh, I, I realized, you know, it, it's funny when you're in a business as long as I have been in a business, I kind of take for granted that people should know what I know, and that's not always the case. And this one came in from a actually the, the question is kind of lengthy, but I won't go through the question, but uh, the initial question. But then the question came up as to, you know, why do I have to neutralize when I use it? an acid cleaner. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background. I, I told this individual that, you know, he wanted to uh, clean this particular porcelain tile. He was trying to clean the grout with an acid cleaner. And I said, make sure to neutralize it. He says, why is it necessary to neutralize? So I had to go ahead and explain to him a little bit about pH. Now, for those of you that know everything there is to know about pH, bear with me for a minute, because I know a lot of you out there may not know how, how pH works. All right, so anybody that's ever kept an aquarium or a swimming pool has had to, you know, measure pH of of their water. We all hear neutral cleaners used constantly on stone surfaces. Well, a neutral is a neutral pH, which is 7. On the acid scale, uh, as you go down the numbers from 7 to 6, from 6 to 5, 5 to 4, right on down to 1, you get acid. And the lower the number, the more acidic the solution is. Logarithmic factor of 10. So in other words, if you have a pH of 6 and then you have a pH of 5, the 5 is not one time stronger than 6. It's actually 10 times stronger than 6. On the other side of the scale is what we call the base or the alkali side of the scale. And the opposite happens. As you go up in numbers from 7 all the way up to 14, it becomes stronger and stronger by 10. So in other words, if you have a pH of 8 and then you have a pH of 9, Nine is not one time stronger. It is actually 10 times stronger. So anytime you're using any kind of cleaning solution, whether you're dealing with stone, tile, or, or whatever, you want to neutralize in the opposite. So if you're using an acid, 
you want to make sure you use an alkali or flood it with a lot of neutral cleaner in order to balance out to get rid of that that acidity. Otherwise, in this case, the acid will continue continue to eat away. And the same is true also if you're using a very strong alkali. Sometimes a, a mild acid is also needed to neutralize an alkaline solution. So uh, if you have any doubt and you have a particular cleaning situation, uh, restoration situation where you need my advice on that, you know, feel free to send me an email. I'll be glad to, to, to help you out, out there. Um, another question that came in, can anyone tell me what the white picture framing is around the shower? A shower tile, and this I actually have have talked about a lot on on this particular show in several episodes. And you know, generally, any kind of a white picture framing. Let's say you have a dark tile that's giving you a a white picture framing around the tile. It's generally known as efflorescence. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole discussion of what efflorescence is, but you know, basically, this is soluble salts, probably coming from the setting water that's actually coming to the surface, carried by the water, carried to the surface, and depositing within the, within the, the stone or the tile. Uh, with porous stones, sometimes that efflorescence won't come to the surface. It'll actually deposit within the pores, and that's a term we call subfluorescence. Uh, the best way to get rid of that is with an acid cleaner. And of course, if you're using a, a marble, uh, cleaning a marble uh, shower floor, you, you're probably going to have to uh, uh, refinish it because the acid uh, will etch it. Uh, another question I got today, which is, uh, again, kind of an interesting question and uh, one that I never really thought on much until this individual asked. And he said, can I use a granite diamond on a marble? And, you know, back in the day when I first started using diamonds, I used to have a just a truckload full of different types of diamonds from all different manufacturers. And, you know, there are differences in quality. There are top brand diamond pads out there. And the main difference between a granite diamond and a marble diamond is they're pretty much the same diamond inside, but the resin and the bond can be totally different. So sometimes what happens with when you use granite diamonds, especially metal bond granite diamonds on a, on a soft limestone or a soft marble, they can get a bit, a little bit too aggressive. Now, in this guy's particular case, it wasn't the case because he was dealing with a serpentine. And there are certain marbles that are as hard as or close to uh, the hardness of granite. And one of them happens to be serpentine. And for serpentines, I recommend treating most of your serpentines like granite. So in other words, use a granite diamond. So, you know, the best answer to that is to test, 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 test. If you, you have any doubt uh, what diamond to use, go ahead and test it. You know, another question I get all the time when it when it comes to diamonds is, you know, when I'm going through the grits, let's say I'm starting with a 60, going to 120, going to 220, 400, depending on what set of diamonds or whose brand diamonds you're using. Do I need, uh, well, the exact question was, I noticed when I honed with a 220 and then I honed with a with a, I'm sorry, when I home with a 120 and I home with a 220, I don't see much difference. Is it really necessary to use a 120 and a 220? And on, in most cases, and this is most cases, uh, with, with soft marbles especially, uh, that 120 and a 220 are so close in grit sizes, it's really not necessary. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have been known to use both 120 and 220 on the same floor machine at the same time. So in other words, you can skip that 220 grit, or if you don't have any 120s, you know, use the uh, <clears throat> the 220s in, instead. So 
an, another helpful helpful tip. Uh, another question that came in: I have a limestone floor that got wet and it's taking a long time to dry. Do you have any suggestions? Well, yeah, I have lots of suggestions. The first thing is you need to determine why. You know, why is that floor wet? Did it flood? Did a, uh, you know, where's the water coming from? If there's a constant leak, you're never going to dry it out. So. You know, the first thing you need to do is determine, you know, where the moisture is coming from and has it been stopped. Stone can take a very, very long time to dry out. I mean, extremely long time. I've seen in some cases, depending on how saturated the stone was or the substrate was, was saturated, it can take sometimes years for it to dry out. So uh, there are some things you could do. Uh, you can put, if the, the space is small enough, you can put dehumidifiers in there to help draw it out. You can blow fans across it. Uh, heat does not work. Uh, you don't want to place heaters on there. If anything, you want to turn the air conditioning on because an air conditioner will act as a dehumidifier. It'll suck moisture out of the air. So, you know, if it's in a residence or in a building where you can really crank that air conditioning down, go ahead and do that because uh, a lot of times you can suck out a lot of that moisture and get it to dry much, much quicker. And of course, this is where a moisture meter comes in handy. And you know, I highly recommend that anybody in the in the stone and tile business, whether you're an installer uh, or a restoration guy, pick yourself up a moisture meter. Uh, you can buy a real good one like the Trimex, or you can buy a cheap one, uh, if you will, but at least have a, a, a moisture meter. And it's a very, very important. Um, okay, let's see some of these other questions here that we have coming in. Uh, I found your website and just listened to one of your podcasts about stains. Well, thank you. Uh, we recently installed a marble paver on our pool deck and Within about a week, we started getting this rust color starting on just a few different sections of the deck. I've been trying to do a lot of research and trying to find something to resolve this issue. I know you touched this on this on your previous podcast. I wanted to share some pics and acquire about my services and a referral, whatever. And this is a very common problem. This is a very common problem with certain limestones. It can occur on granite, and obviously it can occur on white marble. And that is you have to remember that these particular materials contain iron. And they don't need a lot of iron. And if you expose that iron to moisture, you expose it to oxygen and moisture, it's going to start oxidizing. In other words, it's going to rust. So sometimes it can be removed. Sometimes it can't be removed. And if you can remove it, sometimes it's going to come back. Um, I've seen all kinds of mistakes and all kinds of remedies tried here to try to remove these rust stains. And, you know, one of the things, and I know I'm probably repeating myself by saying this, but I think it's important especially if it's an exterior, like in this particular individual's deck, do not seal it. Um, I know the sealing company is going to hate me for this, but I am not a fan of sealing exterior stone, uh, period. Uh, I've actually written an article on, on this particular uh, subject as far as sealing. Uh, we talked about sealing shower floors on a couple of shows before. If anyone is interested uh, in some of the articles I've written on there, they are on my blog. Uh, send me an email. I'll be glad to uh, send you that blog or send me an email and I'll email you the article that I have uh, have, have directly on this particular um, particular issue. Okay, let's see what else we have. Oh, th this one, I don't know if I've ever covered this one. I, I may have, but this is a trick that I learned a long, long time ago, back before we even started using diamonds. And let me kind of give you a little bit of background. Well, let me read you the question first. This guy is polishing Botticino marble, and he's getting dull spots, just, you know, random dull spots throughout the Botticino, which is characteristic of, of Botticino marble. You know, how do you shine them? Well, I discovered this little tip 
or, or trick, if you will. I guess it's a tip and a trick. Uh, back in the day before I was using diamonds, I was using what we call Frankfurt segments or Frankfurt bricks. Uh, if you know what those are, look it up. Um, actually, you can still buy these. They're kind of hard to find. Uh, but when we polished, we, we weren't using polishing powders back then. We were using what we call 5X Frankfurt bricks. And they were basically a, a solid brick composed of five, what we use as today as 5X powder. And we would use those bricks and they were very, very hard bricks and they would obviously break down when we, we added water. So when we switched over to diamonds is when we really started having this problem with Botticino marble getting dull spots. And not only Botticino, there's a few other marbles that have soft spots, soft spots in them. And these soft spots would appear at the polishing phase when we're using our powders. And what I think was happening here is they were actually, the powder was working into those soft spots and kind of, you know, abrading those areas more so than the harder areas of the Botticino. So you had hard areas and you had soft areas. So what I came up with is a pad that I'm going to tell you how to make here in a second in order to go flat across the surface like the 5X brick would. And this is how you make that pad. What you want to do is you want to take a hog's hair pad, you want to take some 5X powder, and you want to run to your local hardware store or home, home center and pick yourself what they pick up what they call shellac. It's called, I think it's called three pound shellac, white shellac. It's not white, it's amber in color. Why they call it white shellac, I don't know, but it's not white. It's kind of amber in color. And you want to take your powder, put it into a, a small bucket. You want to pour the shellac in there and mix it into a paste. So you get a kind of a thick creamy peanut butter type consistency and then you want to take a either a real stiff paintbrush or a putty knife or whatever and paint that on your pad in the shape of an x it doesn't have to be and it could be docked or whatever but i like putting it in the shape of an x and let that dry for a couple of days let it get good and hard and that's your polishing pad you take that polishing pad and you just simply add water you don't have to add powder to it and it will polish that botticino like no tomorrow so that's that that little little uh, tip or trick uh, the next question uh, is also a, a, a trick that I learned a long time ago, and there's kind of an interesting story behind it, and that is uh, porcelain tile. Uh, having trouble cleaning porcelain tile, this individual wrote in and said, I've, I've tried acids, I've tried alkalines, I've tried every cleaner on the market, and I have this home porcelain tire, the tile that's just greasy and grimy, and I can't seem to get it clean. What do I use? What tricks? What tips do you have for cleaning that porcelain tile? And I'm going to tell you what that trick is right after this. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate product. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F SkinProtection.com to learn more. All right, folks. So we are talking about porcelain tile, particularly the home porcelain tiles getting dirty and none of the cleaners that you're using out there is, is, is really working. And this is a trick that, that I discovered 
uh, I had my guys out working. This is years and years ago, 20, 30 years ago. They were out working. They they ran into this problem uh, with a with a porcelain tile, a, a home porcelain tile, and they couldn't get it clean. So I got a call. I came out there and looked at it, and I said, what did you try? Well, we tried this cleaner. We tried that cleaner. We tried, you know, you name it. It just won't come clean. So I said, well, give me a minute. I'll be right back. So I ran to the grocery store, and I picked up laundry detergent. Actually, I used Tide. This particular one was called Tide with bleach. And I opened it up, put it into a, an unmarked bucket, and I brought it online. I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sprinkle some of this Tide, you know, say about a cup of it, under a, a hog's hair pad, add a little bit of water, and wa- work it into a slurry as if you were polishing. But just keep it wet and work that for a few minutes and then back it up. It worked like a champ. So if you run into a difficult cleaning situation, you can try this trick. It doesn't have to be tied. It can be, you know, probably any type of a powdered uh, laundry detergent, not a liquid, but a powdered laundry detergent. And uh, I happen to like the laundry detergents that have the actual bleach crystals in them that work, but you wouldn't believe how well that, that cleaned it up. All right. Uh, the call-in number, if you're listening live, 323-870-3968. If you're listening to the podcast and not live, then uh, send me an email with your question, and we'll answer it on an, another show. Uh, email, again, is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. All right. This next one I got a, a few days ago, and this is an issue that I've seen not all the time, but it does happen. And that is uh, this, this individual called and said he was polishing some black marble, probably Negro Marquina. And after polishing, it would dull. I mean, he got it up to a nice, somewhat good shine. And you know how black marble reacts. You get a nice shine on it, but you don't quite get that color back until you polish it. And he was polishing it with 5X or whatever powder he was using. And he said it looked good for a minute. Then all of a sudden it started etching again. You know, what's going on? Well, this particular phenomenon is what we call re-etching. And that is, remember, your polishing powders contain oxalic acid, and it's an acid. And a lot of times, if you don't neutralize that acid, this goes back to the first question we talked about. You don't neutralize that acid, it will re-etch again. So what I told them to do is I said, go get yourself a, a, an alkaline cleaner, just you know, a heavy-duty stone cleaner, an alkaline cleaner. Actually, ammonia will do the same thing. And rinse the floor with that, back it up. And then repolish again and make sure you neutralize that floor afterwards with either a neutral cleaner uh, or whatever. And that's what he did. He called back and said, hey, Fred, it worked. It worked like a champ. So uh, uh, that's, that's one thing that can occur. It occurs a lot on the black materials, but it can occur on just about any type of calcium-based materials. But I, I tend to see it more on the, uh, on the marble floors than I do, do anything else. Uh, let's see what the next question is here. Oh, this, this one I we had a little bit of a debate on, uh, and uh, well, let me read you the full full email, then uh, I'll tell you what the answer is and what this individual did. And basically, he's saying, last month I was asked to create a darker age-looking floor by painting a homeowner's saltillo floor, which had either a glazed finish or a topical coating. Uh, the floor is probably 20 years old or so. I never painted a floor before, but I thought I would do some research to find out if there would be something appropriate if they could go over the tile and then be sealed to lock the darker color in. Uh, and talking with uh, more paint representative about the potential job, he said he had to try, I think, to a stain or a glazed or a coating saltillo fly or floor or any non-porous surface. It was a gel stain. Uh, it can both penetrate the porous surface or bond to the non-porous surface and is marketed for staining wood. 
fiberglass, metal, and composite surfaces. I'm not sure if glazed or coated sealed saltilla would fall under the umbrella of a composite surface after looking up what a composite surface is. I still don't have a clear definition. What do you think? Has anyone used this product or something similar with saltillo, terracotta, or any other stone surface? This seems like a viable way to change the color without having to strip, remove, or sand the finish prior to applying. Okay, so let me answer this this a couple different ways because there's a couple of different questions in here. The first question being is, you know, what is a composite? A composite can be called an agglomerate. It's basically a, a mixture of different materials. So a saltillo tile is a clay tile. So I guess you could consider that somewhat of a composite because it is clay, but not typically what you find out about a composite. The real issue here is staining. And for any stains to work, he's mentioning a gel stain. All a gel stain is is a thicker staining material. That's all it is. Um, the problem is, in order for a stain, for something to be stained, it has to have some kind of porosity to it. So typically, with a lot of saltillo tiles, it already has a stain on the surface, and it may have a glazed stain on the surface. If it's a glazed stain, chances are it's not going to be porous you have to actually remove that glaze. In this case, he wants to darken the tile in order to darken the tile. However, you have to be careful. If you get too aggressive with some of these clay tiles, remember, this is just sun-baked clay. It's not fired. For, well, there are some that are fired, but you know, in most cases, the, the true saltillo tiles are not fired. They're, they're dried in the sun, and they're extremely soft. And you start putting you know, strippers on there to try to remove that glaze or try to remove that stain that's on there, uh, you're going to really get down to that tile, and then you've got a whole nother issue. Uh, you're going to have to restain it, and restaining it is a, what can I say, a pain in the butt, simply because now you have the grout lines to deal with. So you've got to either tape off the grout lines or be real careful. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's probably going to be cheaper to replace the floor than it would be to uh, to go through that restoration process. But I've done it, and uh, it's a very slow and tedious process, and you know, quite honestly, I, I've almost ruined a couple of saltillo floors back in the day when I first started simply because I wasn't familiar with the properties of saltillo tiles. So, you know, this may be one of those jobs where you might want to advise the customer uh, and, and walk away and just just basically uh, refuse refuse to do it. All right, let's see what else uh, we have here. Uh, poor saltillo won't come clean. Etching. Okay, well, that's primarily it that I have uh, that I've gotten this this uh, past week. If anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to send me an email f houston f h u e s t o n at gmail dot com. If you're listening live right now, it's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight, and I'll be back with uh, final comments right after this. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. Alrighty, folks, we're back. Just a couple of quick announcements before we end today's show. I'm probably not going to have a show next week. I'm actually be going going out to Washington State, and I'm going to be out in BFE uh, where there's no there's no internet service, there's no cell service for a week. Uh, relatives out there that I uh, 
need to do some handyman work around their house for. But uh, so I probably won't have access to Internet out there. So I won't be doing a show next week. But uh, uh, I will run into town there and check my emails from time to time. So if you need to get a hold of me, uh, feel free to send send me an email. Uh, my next class, my stone and tile inspection and troubleshooting class is coming up in July. That starts July 5th. I have one or two openings left. So if anybody wants to get in, please uh, give me a call. My cell number is 321-514-6845. That's 321-514-6845. And of course, uh, I'm going to be lining up some really good interviews uh, this this coming this coming year. So stay tuned for that. And of course, if anybody wants to be interviewed, you have something exciting to share or something for the new segment, the Stone and Tile News, then go ahead and send me an email or a link and uh, we'll gladly take a look at that and mention on, on the air. So folks, until next time, thanks for listening. Uh, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends.